Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. talks about the test of 
first of all, believe in who Jesus is, right? The, the doctrinal test, can't say that today, the doctrinal test, in other words, what do you believe, right? What do you believe about the Bible? Do you believe the things that are in here? And there's some essentials we need to know to be true Christians and to go to heaven. And first of all, he tells us in 1 John chapter 4 that, that if we don't believe Jesus came in the flesh, then we're not going to make it to heaven because the Bible says that Jesus is God in human flesh. The Word became flesh and He dwelt among us and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we need to believe these essential truths that Jesus is God, that he, He's part of the Trinity, that He literally bodily died on the cross. He literally bodily is coming back. He was born of a virgin. The Word of God is God's Word. And it's true. We're saved by grace through faith. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. These are the things which we stand on. These are the things we can't bend on. These are the things that we can't back up on because these are the essentials of the faith. And so John says this is what's true, but they got these we-sayers. If we say, if we say, if we say. Some of them said they'd never sinned. Some of them said I used to do that or sin. What's that? I don't even know what sin is. But John says true believers obey the word. They believe the word. They obey the word. And then he talks about loving the brethren, right? And he talks about that we have love. And the Bible says the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so he talks about that. And he talks about true Christians grow and they love the brethren and all of these things. And we've seen that we have passed from death to life because we know that we have love for the brethren. And so the last time I was here, we were talking about that. We were talking about loving the brothers and the sisters. The brethren is the brothers and the sisters, right? And so we love the brethren. And so today we want to look at verses 18 to 24. And he talks about this fact that this assurance that we're going to have. There's a, he talks about four different things here. He talks about the condemnation we, we experience or face. There's an assurance we find, there's a commandment we need to keep, and then there's a communion or a fellowship that we have with God. And so let's talk about this and I'll read it. He says in verse 18, he, he finishes up and says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And then he goes on to speak about that verse and what he just was previously talking about. Because he says, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him, and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. So he, he talks about this love for the brethren, and he goes on and he says, don't love indeed and truth, and he says, and by this, by what? By, by the fact that we love indeed and in truth, we shall know 
that we are of the truth, right? And assure our hearts before God. So in other words, we look at our lives. You know, the Bible over and over and over again says you're not saved by good works, right? But what does it say in Ephesians 2.10? It says in Ephesians 2.10 that you are God's workmanship created to do good works. So when, Ephesians, so when 1 John 3.19 says this, he says we know we are really real by the way we live, right? We know that we've trusted Christ, but then our life also bears it out, right? That's where James and, and Paul, some people get confused over that. Paul says, you say by grace through faith, this is the gift of God, not of works. And then James comes in and says, look, he says a man, if he does not have works, his faith is dead. He's not contradicting Paul. What he's saying is that when we trust Christ, by faith, we're saved, but and, we, and we're right with God, but when we do the good works, that is showing other people that we're truly saved. So the works are the evidence of our, saved, our, our being saved. Because he says, Abraham believed God and he did all these things and it was accounted him for righteousness. He believed, but then he did all these other things because he believed, right? He even talks about Rahab the harlot. She she believed God and then she did all these things. She hid the spies and she believed God said, protect my family, take care of my family. And it's the same thing with us. We believe God. It's like the song says, we trust and then we obey, right? So we trust in Christ. And if we're truly his children, we begin to obey the word. And that's what we're going to talk more about in a minute. But he says, we shall assure our hearts before him. So when we're living rightly before God and doing the things we're supposed to do loving and, and obeying and, and knowing the truth what do we do? We have assurance in our heart that we're the children of God right? But you know what happens sometimes? Sometimes we, we, uh, center, we, as, we as Christians do what? We sin right? All of us if we're Christians if we want it we, I don't know if we want to admit it but I admit it that, you know, like I tell folks all the time, I said, I'm not perfect, and all you got to do is go home and ask my wife, and she'll tell you, no, he's not. And second thought, don't go don't ask her. She might just tell you how bad it is, right? And so, so the guy told me one time, or said one time he was preaching, he said, the bad thing about being a preacher is my wife expects me to live up to everything I preach. <laughs> and none of us can do that, right? None of us are perfect. None of us are completely right all the time. None of us are completely without sin. But sometimes we get off and, and we're not quite right with God and, and we get in a place where we shouldn't be and what happens? We get, we get that, we lose that assurance and our heart condemns us. And it says, Marty, did you love enough this week? Did you believe enough this week? Did you trust enough this week? Did you do the things that you were supposed to do enough this week? And if we're all truthful, we'd all say, no, <laughs> we didn't do enough of that, right? But you know, the good thing and the great thing about being a believer in Christ is God saved us and forgave us, not on the basis of what we would do, but what he did, right? He saved us, he forgave us because his death, burial, and resurrection. And if it was up to us to keep our salvation, 
And if it was up to us to do right all the time and to make it to heaven, we none of us would make it, right? Because the Bible says to him that knows to good, do good and doesn't do it is sin. And sometimes we know what we ought to do and we just don't want to do it because we're lazy, tired, or, or just flat out don't feel like doing it right then, right? And so the bottom line is, is, is none of us are perfect and sometimes our heart condemns us. But you know what? He says, God is greater in our heart and he knows all things. See, we have to go back and understand. I, I remember I was talking to a guy and, and I put a post out there on Facebook on the social media and the guy, I was talking about being a believer and making it to heaven and I was eternally secure. And I was, I was commenting on a passage and he says, well, that, how can that be? You know, I'm disappointed in that. I said, look, if it was up to me to make it to heaven, I'd never make it. But it's based on what he did. I, he paid it all, right? And because he never changes, he said if I trust him, he'll never leave me nor forsake me, that nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, then I'm going to heaven because of what he did, what he said, not because of what Marty did. And so we can't go based on our emotions. Sometimes our emotions lie to us, don't they? I mean, our emotions, you know, and some people, they think, well, you know, if I feel good today and I feel like I'm doing right with God, then boy, you know, I feel like I'm doing God good and I'm right with God and boy, I'm just on top of the world. But then sometimes we feel like, you know, well, I didn't do a good job today of being a Christian. I didn't do all the things I was supposed to do. And you know what? Today I feel bad. I don't feel, I, I just don't, just feel terrible. But you know what? It's like our children, right? They didn't ever always do what was right, did they? And as children, we had parents, and we didn't always do what was right. But didn't our parents love us anyway? And you know what? When Christ saved us, he loved us as much as he'd ever love us, and he still loves us just that much every day, whether we do, whether we're, we're doing really good that day or we're doing really bad that day because we're his children and he loves us anyway. And I'm not saying we go out and do anything we want to. You know, some people will say, well, you know, you go live any way you want to and you make it to heaven. That's just the whole point of 1 John is, no, you don't. If you're, not, if you're a Christian, you want to do what's right. You don't always do what's right. You fail, you fall, you mess up. But you know what? God still loves you anyway. Just like we loved our children because they were our children and we loved them no matter who they were, no matter what they did. Because we, we, God understands we're but flesh, we're but dust, and he knows we're going to mess up. And he knew all that before he died on the cross, right? And so he says, God knows all, and so we need to trust in what God did, what he did when he saved us and forgave us, right? We don't need to trust in our emotions because emotions will mess you up. So that's why we put our trust in God and say, God, I know I didn't do a good job today and I maybe failed you and I failed and I messed up, but I know you love me as much as you always have and always will. And you know what, God, I'm sorry. I didn't do as good a job today, but I'm going to trust you tomorrow and I'm, I'm praying that you'll help me do a better job, right? And that's what it's all about. And he says, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. So we can't let our emotions and our heart condemn us. 
if we're not doing exactly what we're supposed to do all the time because we're never going to be perfect. Even the great apostle Paul, after 30 years of being a Christian, he said, I have not arrived, I have not attained, I am not already perfected, but I press on towards the goal, towards the prize, towards the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I ain't made it. I hadn't made it. I hadn't arrived. I hadn't attained. I hadn't got there yet, right? But what am I doing? I'm pressing on towards the goal, towards the prize. What is the prize? To be like Jesus. What is the goal? To be like Jesus, right? And one day when we get to heaven, we will be. But right now, we're going to fall and fail and mess up at times. And he says, the third thing here, he says, and whatever we ask, we receive for him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. We can, we can get answered prayer because why? Because we know that we're in his will and we're doing what we're supposed to do. And you know what? The Bible says it's not like you go out and ask for anything you want to ask for, right? But the Bible says if you're truly a Christian, what will you do? You ask for things that are pleasing to God, right? And when we are in the will of God, and one man said, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, in other words, you're living as best as you know how in the power of God, you're doing the will of God as best as you know how, and you prayed up and confessed up, then ask whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to ask, because you know what? You're not going to be asking for selfish things. You're going to be asking for things that please God. And that's what he says here. When we're living right with God, we're pleasing Him, we're doing the things we're supposed to do, we're going to ask for things that please God. And you know what He's going to do? He's going to answer those prayers because God delights to answer prayers, especially ones that, that are things that he, wants to, that he wants to do or only really the things He wants to do in our lives. Sometimes He answers other things, but He wants us to ask for things that are pleasing to Him and when we are doing the right things and living the right way, guess what? He answers our prayers because we ask godly things. And this is the commandment. The third thing we see is there's a commandment to obey here. And he says this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Do you know that the Bible says that, that trust in Christ is a commandment? The Bible says that God commands men everywhere to repent. That's Acts 17.30. And there's another place where Jesus says, this is my the Father says, this is my commandment that you believe on him whom I sent. There's two or three places in the Bible that it says that it's a commandment to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God commands us to be saved. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to be his children. And so his commandment is we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. What is the name? The name stands for all that Jesus is, all that God is, that he's holy and pure and righteous and good and all the things that he said he is and said he would do, right? That he died on the cross, that he was God's child, that he God's son, that he was God in human flesh and that he was going to... Uh, live a perfect sinless life and die on the cross for our sins. Jesus said in John 16, unless you believe I am he, you will likewise perish in your sins. That's what he tells them. He says, unless you believe I am him, that might be John 5, but he says, unless you believe in I am he, 
the one that God said he would send. So we believe and we also do what? Love one another as he gave his commandment. So we're to love one another. What's the summary of the Ten Commandments? Love God and love others, right? That, that's what Jesus said. He says that this is the summary of the commandments that you love God and you love one another. The first five commandments or four commandments are loving God and the last six are loving others, right? That's what we're supposed to do. So there's a commandment to obey. And then lastly, you know what he says here? There's also a communion that we enjoy. Or in other words, there's fellowship that we enjoy. Not, you know, like taking communion, but, but fellowship's what we're talking about. And he says here, now he who keeps his commandment abides in him. And he in him, and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. In other words, what does he say? He who keeps his commandments. In other words, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things you, I say do? But, and when he tells us if we love him, we'll do what? Keep his commandments, right? But he says here that those who keep his commandments abide in him, remain in him, have close, intimate fellowship with him. See, when you, when you or I have a, a friend or a family member somebody, let's say a family member, we're still family members no matter what, right? Nothing can change that. If we're married, if we're blood, nothing can change that, right? We're just family members no matter what. Whether you get along like each other or anything else, right? But when we get along and we, we abide, we get along with each other, we do those things. In other words, we have that close fellowship, we have that friendship, that love for each other. And so that's what he's saying here. Those who keep his commandments have this fellowship with God. They have this close, intimate relationship that gives us a peace and a joy and abundant life. You know, we sing that song about the sweet hour of prayer, you know. And when we spend time alone with God in the Word and we do those things that please Him, that gives us joy, right? Jesus said in when he was at the well with the woman, he said to her, said to his disciples, what did he say? They came along and said, are you hungry? We brought you something to eat. And he said, I, I have food wherewith you know not. And what was he talking about? I'm doing my father's will. And because I'm doing my father's will, I'm not physically hungry because I'm spiritually satisfied, right? And he says, we abide in him and he in him. In other words, God remains and fellowships with us too, right? John 14 says, if you keep my commandments, that the Father and I will come and make our home with you, right? And we will live and abide with you. And so he says, and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit he has given us. See, God's given us the Holy Spirit. You know that we've talked about that off and on. But the Bible says that the moment we're saved, the moment we're forgiven, that God puts his Holy Spirit inside of us. In Ephesians 1.13, he says, the moment you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, the moment you believed that truth, you, you heard and believed that truth, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the, per, 
who was the promise until the redemption of the purchased possession. In other words, Jesus purchased us when he died on the cross for our sins, right? But the Holy Spirit is the earnest, the down payment, the promise, the engagement ring that one day he's coming back to get us, right? Because the Bible says in Ephesians 5.25 that we're the bride of Christ, right? And Jesus is, the, is what? He's the bridegroom, right? We talked about that in John 3, that Jesus is the bridegroom. And one day he's coming for his church for those who are believers and, and, and we are his bride and he's the bridegroom and he's promised he's coming to get us. But you know what he did? He gave us the Holy Spirit as proof that we belong to him. Romans 8 9 says, if you have not the Holy Spirit, you do not belong to him. In other words, the moment you get saved, that's the moment the Holy Spirit enters you. You remember what happened in uh, Genesis 3? Y'all remember Adam and Eve, they were in the garden and Eve took the fruit of the tree and, and Adam was right there with her. And he didn't stop her. He wasn't being a good husband. He didn't stop her. But he loved her more than he loved God at that time, apparently. So he took the fruit of the tree and ate too. And they were both, eyes were open and they were sinful. But you know what happened that moment? They couldn't fellowship with God anymore. They couldn't commune with God anymore. And they began to die physically because they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them anymore. And there's a woman, she gave me this picture. I don't know if y'all can see this picture, but it's a picture of a woman that's got a hole where her heart's at. And it's got four little old birds in a nest. And they're saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. And, and that up at the top it says, secretly starving. In other words, the lady said, without Christ, I was always looking for something to fill me up. I was always looking for something in relationships and drugs and alcohol in a job. You know, that's why people do the things they do because they don't have God and they're trying to fill in that space that only God can fill in. You know, the old song says they were looking for love in all the wrong places. Guess what? That's what the world's doing. They were looking for love in all the wrong places. They just need to look up to God. And when we look up to God, and trust in him, he comes in and fills us up. He puts the Holy Spirit in us. And you know what Colossians 2.10 says? You are complete in him. In other words, without Christ, what are we? Incomplete. And that's why people look for all these other things to make them happy and satisfied and full. That's why Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who eats of me shall never hunger. And he who drinks of me, I'm the living water shall never thirst again. That's why when we trust Christ, we don't we, we quit looking for all those things because we don't have that empty feeling inside of here anymore. Do you remember that before you were saved? If you've been saved, do you remember that? I remember having that emptiness inside of me and I just always felt empty. But you know, the moment I trust Christ, that, that emptiness went away because that was God making me his child. That was God making me complete. That was God filling me with his Holy Spirit. And if you know Christ, he's done the same thing for you. There's no longer any emptiness in there. 
I don't mean that sometimes you don't feel sad and, and lonely and different things, but I'm just saying that we're not like we used to be where we just feel like that something's missing in our life. You know what I mean? We feel like something's missing. And if you feel that way still today, then that's probably because you have not trusted Christ. And you need to ask God to forgive you. And you need to ask God to save you. And ask Him to come into your life and make, him, make you His child. So do that today if you've never done that. Because God will forgive you. God will save you. God will come in and live inside of you through the Holy Spirit. You will be His child. And you will hunger no more. You will thirst no more. Not physically, but spiritually. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for sending Jesus to die on our cross for our sins. And we thank you that when Jesus went to heaven, he didn't leave us as orphans. But he sent another, one just like him, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the one who comes alongside of us, our Advocate, the one who fills us and empowers us and enables us to live the Christian life. Lord, if there's one here that's never trusted you, I ask today that they would just right now believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, that they would cry out and say, Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Save me. And they would take you at your word because you said whoever calls on your name shall be saved. Lord, help somebody here today if they've never done that to ask you to forgive them, ask you to save them, and then take you at your word. That's what we call faith. And Lord, we just ask that you would just help us as Christians that know you to remember how wonderful and how glorious you are and that when our heart condemns us, we just need to search our hearts and get right with you. Like David said, search me and try me and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting and get right with you. And Lord, then we won't have to feel that condemnation. But Lord, if we're just feeling those emotions, Come in and comfort us and assure us and help us remember how much you love us in spite of who we are sometimes, Lord. Because we all fail and we all fall and we all mess up, but you love us anyway. Your love never changes. You have an everlasting love that will never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless y'all. I enjoyed being with y'all today. And hope and pray that y'all have a great rest of the day. And if anybody ever has any questions or you don't understand or you couldn't see this picture, I'll be glad to show you. Could you see it? I'll show it to you. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, 
addicted drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.